Today is October 10th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. My name is Red Thunderwood. My English name is Michelle Robinson. I use she and her pronouns. Oki Naganago Mekoche Chesakom Aki. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S. Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bogani of the Confederacy. These lands are signed uh, September 22nd, 1877 to Treaty 7. Signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Stony um, Nations of the Wesley, Chiniki, Bearspaw Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. Non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot and members as they've been kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name, which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act and Post status card. My Denny lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people, in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Quinchotine Indahe, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as treaty partner. Um, I also started this podcast because there isn't enough Indigenous voices and media representation and uh, the silencing and erasure of Indigenous people has to end. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share what I know as I walk down my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for showing support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you to those who cannot give. I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. Also, giving a review helps on whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. You can also go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. So um, I have a lot to discuss today. First and foremost, some of the feedback that I got was uh, from somebody basically insinuating that I'm ableist for being unable to accommodate their needs. Um, you know, I reached out to um, all my social medias and a lot of people told me that it, they have the same neurological um, functioning and they felt that uh, the podcasts themselves, the apps themselves, actually work properly um, to accommodate their needs. So I encourage folks who maybe have friends in their life. Um, this past weekend, I was able to see a an aunt and uncle from Yellowknife and they didn't know what apps were or anything like that. And we walked through what a podcast was and I gave them, uh, I had interviewed one of my cousins and I had given them that episode. And um, so I showed them how it works. So if you are a person that's very critical of uh, podcasting or maybe you, you're a big fan of them, you know, maybe talk to other people in your life about being able to, how to utilize these technologies. Um, 
I know most podcasts don't post the um, links, whether it's to YouTube, whether it's to the uh, nativecalgarian.com. And I know that there's a lot of expectations for Indigenous people to do, you know, 10 times the amount of work than non-Indigenous people. So I just ask folks, um, you know, I try really hard not to be ableist. I try really hard not to be transphobic. Um, and that said, if you are a person who's able-bodied and having other people in their life that's maybe not downloading podcasts, I sold it to my uncles by saying, hey, did you know that there's probably stuff on Johnny Winters and 1970s rock and roll? And um, my auntie, I sold, you know, Canadian figure skating because that's her thing, um, that there's podcasts for things like that. So, you know, just encourage people to um, have podcasts and listen to them so that they can hear voices they wouldn't normally hear through mainstream media that, as we all know, very few people control and uh, they control the narrative as a result. So, um, you know, I really, really hope people will consider doing that. Um, it was actually a lot of fun in the end, showing my family how to utilize it. And I hope that they listen to more podcasts. So Auntie, if you're listening, uh, because this is the first one that popped up after you subscribed, I know I love you. And I'm so grateful that we got to have that conversation so that that way other folks can uh, move forward. So another thing had happened this weekend to us. Um, we went to a business to have some lunch and um, yeah, they made a big deal about IDing my 14 year old who had a valid uh, vaccine passport. And, um, you know, at the time I didn't consider it, I was seeing it as youth discrimination, but you know, my aunt and uncle, my auntie who's Ukrainian, my, my own family thought she was native. I'm like, no, she's Ukrainian. And then my, my uncle who's native, um, you know, was with us and my, uh, I was there with my daughter, um, who's wearing a Sutina mask, and I was wearing, a, you know, vote for Marilyn North Pagan mask, and kind of dawned on me as much as we think we white coat sometimes, we're not white coated. <laughs> and uh, sometimes there are businesses that just don't fucking want natives there, and I sometimes forget that. So, um, yeah, I'm, you know, debating writing the letter to educate them but at the same time knowing it'll go in one ear out the other be met with defensiveness and it's just a waste of my fucking time because Canadians don't want to do the work so speaking of Canadians doing the work um yeah so we've been working really hard as the reconciliation action group and uh, I'm actually going to share my screen for folks who are watching the YouTube channel. Um, I know a lot of folks are listening, so I'm going to try to talk it through as much as I possibly can. Um, so the Reconciliation Action Group is a group that we started here in Calgary. It really came out of my book club. A lot of folks uh, from my book club were, were really passionate about changing the name of the Langevin School. And um, uh, Larry Leach from 12 Community Safety Initiative. Um, you know, he ran for school trustee. So he was interested in this at multiple levels as well. And then we had folks like uh, Rosemary Brown, who has been, you know, decades of anti-racism work under her belt in the city. And uh, some folks that were, we had Laura Hack, who was running for school trustee. She was a part of the initial group as well. And then of course the students, uh, their parents and the group of uh, community that came together as a result, trying to get Langevin name change done. 
once that was done after uh, Calgary Board of Education was shamed into changing the name, um, there was a few folks that were like, okay, we did our, our deed and we're done and, and they're gone. But there were some others that wanted to continue. So we started uh, kind of renaming, rebranding into the Reconciliation Action Group. So with the upcoming election, it was pretty critical for us to put out some questions to some folks and we did. And um, I've been sharing the Excel spreadsheets for the two types of candidates. So the, the first one, the 2021 Calgary candidate question and answers, that's for mayoral and wards. And then we have a second one and it's uh, the 2021 Calgary school trustee questions and answers. And there were actually were different questions based off of whether or not they were gonna go to the school trustee or whether they were gonna go to the uh, Calgary candidate for ward or mayoral. Obviously, I think the very first question is the most important one of do you acknowledge genocide um, of Indigenous people in Canada? And uh, lots of folks did a bunch of pretzels in order to uh, not say yes. Other folks said yes immediately. Um, and some folks never even read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, did not read the White Goose Line Report, have no, you know, Indigenous language in any other content, et cetera, et cetera. So we did release that. If you are interested, please look up Reconciliation Action Group in Calgary. We're on Insta, Twitter, Facebook. And, you know, it's interesting as much as we post, how many people will post a comment like, oh my God, well, did you ask this person? But they won't tag that person. And, or um, what was really disappointing was how many folks actually didn't even, um, you know, post their answers or have it on their website. So that, you know, if you're just a regular indigenous person and you're like not really plugged into any of the um, local initiatives because you're busy, <laughs> you got shit to do, um, you know, and you're you're looking on these websites. It's no wonder so many Indigenous are so disenfranchised in voting when it's so painfully clear that that's like last thing on the agenda. So we actually didn't have very many people reply. Um, we had folks that were like, oh, my God, I didn't get the email. And it's like, well, you know, I know being a part of campaigns, um, you have to check your junk and your spam. That's your responsibility. And then on top of that, um, every time I answered a question when I ran, I posted them publicly so that folks would see what kind of answers I gave because I thought it was critical uh, that people understood uh, where I stood on certain things in case they missed it for whatever reason and they were doing their research. Me as a candidate would put it on myself to put it up there for folks. Now, of course, I didn't get elected. I only placed fourth. So um you know now here we are in another election and uh, it's interesting because i'm seeing you know other folks that i ran against endorsing other candidates in ward 10 and you know it's so disappointing because um you know i just uh, it reconciliation is still not a conversation of topic indigenous language is not really being properly utilized so i do want to thank uh city news tv they were the only media that uh, recognized that this was a topic worth covering and uh, put it up on there. Um, I, I got a video up and an interview, shared it. I couldn't help but notice how, you know, the algorithms of social media does not really put it out there much. So I hope folks will go check it out. And, um, you know, if not, we have a vote. So I actually voted here in Lethbridge and I wanted to show folks um, some things that made my decision because we definitely had um you know no 
infrastructure here that I could just latch on right away and know that there's a, you know, less Lethbridge Reconciliation Action Group that's grassroots, that's away from, um, you know, a city that would kind of give you the talking points of what they would like to see anyway. Um, so I, I went through all of these, um, all of these things. So I voted for Sheldon uh, Joseph Daichi for mayor of Lethbridge because he's native, um, had a land acknowledgement. It was really simple looking at people's websites or listening to their video. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but there are a lot of folks, incumbents, that didn't even have a website. So what the uh, city of Lethbridge did was give every candidate two minutes to speak on a video that they have on their website, which is great. So you can go to lethbridge.ca slash election and make up your own mind there. And um, so I made myself a, a spreadsheet and, um, you know, uh, Sheldon Joseph Daychief made a mistake um, not too long ago. Somebody was really racist to him. And then he denied it was him and said somebody must have hacked his account or whichever deleted it. Um, you know, so I know I know progressives in my life who wrote him off over that. And I think that's, you know, a point of privilege to see that as a progressive who doesn't experience racism, you don't know what it's like to have to combat it every day. And frankly, half the uh, lack of integrity I see in most politicians, I was definitely willing to give him a pass on that. And I really encourage other people too as well, because I think, um, you know, we are not going to, uh, well, <laughs> so many reasons why we should be voting for him. Uh, first and foremost, he's Blackfoot and this is his land. Uh, we're in a time of reconciliation. Uh, we, you know, he was the only one who put his name in that's native. So yeah, those are all the winners for me. Some honorable mentions. Colton, the maniac MMA fighter has a website that was awful. Um, you know, and a lot of folks are very pro-police here because they think that there's lots of crime. And if there's one thing that I've learned here, it is definitely that people are just afraid of natives. So they'll say, oh my God, downtown is so dangerous. And, um, you know, I've been downtown. I was downtown for the Sisters in Spirit Vigil. I've been downtown to drop off some Narcan to the Sage Patrol. Uh, been downtown for, uh, like the library is there. So there's lots of reasons to be downtown. And um, yeah, I haven't felt unsafe by the natives. Now on the flip side, I went to the Sisters and Spirit Vigil and there was uh, some white folks and they, they have like a big truck and they, they're like night watch or something like that. I can't remember what their you know obnoxious name was, but I asked them if they had seen the Sage Patrol because you know they presented themselves and invests like they were there to help community and they were like uh yeah i thought i saw them but i don't know so i just kind of looked around and looked around and i seen part of the sage patrol literally in front of them so i think they were being purposely obtuse as uh, folks will say um i've yet to meet a native that isn't scared for me when i say i've moved to lethbridge and i have yet to hear a native say a positive thing and it is really clear to me hearing the uh, media hearing the narrative um this is one of the most dangerous places literally because you have a city full of karens and karen's husbands that are like oh my god there's a native walking call the cops how dare these natives think that they should be walking? So it's pretty clear to me. That's why we have the so-called highest crime, um, which is uh, really just a reflection of racism. 
and very depressing from my point of view. Um, watching the way that things were said in these elections and their websites in the two minute video uh, it was really clear to me that it was just totally racial racial prejudice that made them pro police. Um, so pretty gross, actually. So there were some folks that I was just like point blank, no, no way. And I just marked them kind of like this pink and said, no, I don't want them. Uh, former Calgary police chief is running here. I'm sure he'll win because, you know, everybody's so afraid of natives that God forbid. So, um, yeah, I, I voted for Sheldon in the hopes that he'll show the leadership uh, that's needed. There's so there's not a ward system here in Lethbridge, so you have to vote for eight people. So I was having a look at some of their websites, and um, you know there were some ugly things that I really came across actually. So um, I reluctantly voted for this Kelpie Bard because they are LGBT, but I when I see the gay community exclude the two spirit. That really bothers me because I've seen enough in the gay community of no natives allowed, no Asians allowed, and that really bothers me. So if it's not even in the acronym, which it wasn't, it's really clear to me that this person maybe not be somebody I want to love, but I believe in representation. So obviously I put my vote there because I don't know as a straight cis what it's like to um, you know, be <laughs> in that position. Also as a former GALT, um board member like so i went there recently and they're proud to have a noose they're proud to have a chinese slur in their chinese display so um you know i definitely see a lot of white feminism with no intersectionality and um you know i, I just find that really disappointing right um but that said obviously there were some really good things i've seen from folks as well and and especially this kelty bard um you know not accepting money from PACs as a alberta liberal we are really strong on that topic and i think folks still don't really understand what they are but it's basically accepting money from a third party um wow did she knock me out of the ballpark by saying how pro-choice she was um you know, which was really positive because uh, this is very much like you'll see um, anti-abortion signs around here everywhere. Um, and instead of saying, um, you know, uh, pro, uh, pro-choice for women, she used the terminology person, which I think is really important when you're as a cis person, you may not see it, but um, what they're doing is they're acknowledging that trans people can give birth but may not necessarily identify as a woman so um i really admired that i was really happy and she had a lot of like pro environmental uh sustainable future type policies like you know bike infrastructure um and she may not have said that she wanted that per se but you know i'm looking for candidates that are pro bike infrastructure pro public transit um pro free public transit because that is an intersectionality of poverty so um anyway that I, I figured she definitely would earn my vote uh, marissa black she had a point about disability in her um in her website that i was like this is a person we need uh in there because if she has a disability then she has a really strong chance of making the uh city more accessible for folks who have disabilities um jeff carlson got my vote so you know it's funny here was an incumbent who had no website so i was like what kind of half hack job is this 
But then, you know, yeah, I seen his two minute video. He had an Oki pin right away. And that made me quite, you know, happy that he, he would do something like that. And he acknowledged TRC in his two minute video. So I was like, yeah, this guy has definitely earned a vote. And I try to remember I'm in Lethbridge. I'm not in the city where uh, there's an expectation of a certain uh, professionalism. Um, you know, here in Lethbridge, I, I mean, I don't even like using that terminology because democracy, democracy should be accessible for everybody and it's not necessarily accessible for everybody. And, um, you know, I, I would really love to see nobody put up signs. I'd love to see nobody have extensive websites. I'd like there to be those two minute videos that are available for everybody that's, you know, they're um, what they said printable uh, on their on the city website type of thing. So that just makes it even for everybody. Uh, but I know that's not the world we live in, but I thought, um, I thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, these are really important things to say, hey, I'm a bit inclusive. So some other folks, like they didn't really get the green light. They really didn't get a, you know, red light. They were just okay. So, you know, like I was really happy that Mark Campbell said they made an MOU with the blood tribe. And, you know, the, he really seemed to be um, proud of their arts community, some diversity. He was just a likable candidate, so I can see why he's an incumbent. And, um, you know, some things that really matter to me is that uh, I, I kind of decided, you know, did they have a land acknowledgement? Did they have some sort of disability um, inclusivity in their in their website and just from that kind of initial thing from looking at. So, um, you know, I, I didn't think he was the worst, that's for sure. So like, I won't be upset if he gets elected. Um, ben um, Christensen, no land acknowledgement, nothing about um, diversity, but he did say he wanted to abolish Fodar Radar. So that gets a shout out from me, Ben. I, I didn't vote for you, but hey, that's that's at least admirable. Um, Linda Carlson, I thought one of her more, um, like she had institutional knowledge. A lot of people said, oh, just vote for women. But I'm like, I don't see anything on here that earns my vote, really. Uh, <laughs> okay, so there's this guy named Rako, and he was actually the former mayor. And he didn't have a land acknowledgement, he doesn't have a website, nothing. He just had this two minute video that I had to look at. And uh, he even says in there, he's like, yeah, well, you might be wondering why I want to be a counselor. And it, he was basically saying, well, at least this way I can represent you better because when you're mayor, you know, there's so many extra things you have to do. And, you know, it takes up a lot of time. And, and I was like, uh-huh, that's, that's the point of being mayor, uh, being that representative of your city. So uh, yeah, I said he has institutional knowledge, which he would, but I, uh, he did not earn my vote. So Rufa Doria, um, yeah, I uh, really got the impression this person, so Filipino, white coding Filipino, who's working really hard to be a conservative in a lot of ways because the colors really represent conservative values in, in all of their everything that I've seen. Um, but as a Filipino um, who does a lot of work in um, you know, community when it comes to multiculturalism, obviously she will experience a lot of sexism and racism. And, um, you know, it might take some time if she were to get into that position um, because she has experienced racism and sexism, maybe she'll be more open to learning about indigenous issues. So I gave her my vote anyway, even though I was like, eh, I don't know if this is the right person for me, but 
if I have to give a vote to someone, at least it's somebody who's probably going to experience racism and sexism. Uh, Jerry first heard my vote. Um, and, the, you know, it's interesting because um, there wasn't a land acknowledgement that I've seen, but he had a, a spirit name and he started off with OP. So I thought that was really important. Um, he at least acknowledged the TRC and what he had to say. Um, he acknowledged climate change. He was a little weak on it, but that's okay. But another strength of his that I thought was great was that he was committed to being nonpartisan and denouncing this information. And I think in a time when our democracy is so unhealthy because of uh, not just Trump style information, but prior to that, and which if you've seen my other podcasts on fascism, you'll know I talked about, you know, the series of events that's been happening with the um, funding of military industrial complex into democracy to basically create an unstable democracy. And most recently, uh, Facebook has been just called right out on it. Um, you know, Edward Snowden did, but now a, a former executive did as well and really vindicated as well as the um, other things we're hearing at the Congress uh, hearing setting, uh, Congress hearing uh, meetings that are, are public right now. So anyway, gave him one of my votes because I thought it was really important. Um, few folks didn't really love a lot. Uh, Zach had a really, Zach struck me as a young poli sci person who had a cute slogan of Zach's got your back. And I thought that's that's just freaking adorable. Um, but yeah, he has his master's in poli sci, but yet no website. Um, you know, he does a lot of leadership for churches and, and nonprofits. So I was a little concerned about that, but shout out for a cute slogan. And then, uh, yeah, a few folks that, you know, if you're anti safe and uh, safe consumption site, you are definitely not for me. Um, if you are a person that, you know, sees um yourself in these very colonial positions of authority you are definitely not for me because i doubt you've worked on your anti-racism bias or anything so yeah not for me darcy logan has the cutest signs i swear to god i love them uh just the way he spoke he came across as um kind of able-bodied but he had a really great land acknowledgement actually and some of the other people didn't actually they were like you know um they like the expression here in Lethbridge, the Plains, the Plains natives. And I'm like, ooh. And of course, if you don't understand the history of Metis, then I, I don't love that. But, you know, that's part of my land acknowledgement teaching. Some people are going to take tomorrow morning. And I encourage other folks who don't understand land acknowledgement to please, please take a course or read up more about it. There's, you don't have to take my course. You can take, um, there's books on it, there's videos on it, there's so much information out there now. And if you actually just did your research on the treaty or and um, you know, it didn't have me spoon feed it to you, you would still figure it all out. But you know, some folks they still would like to to learn. And of course that's why we started that so that folks that legitimately wanted to learn can uh, pay me and I will happily teach them. Um, so uh, Darcy Logan also supported the Sage clan and I think that was really great. He had uh, really great points about healthy democracy workplace. And again, I just loved his signs. So, you know, definitely somebody, but again, you know, older white male really struck me as like, probably will win, won't be the worst. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, oh, Shelby McLeod. Um, I should just change this right now and uh, tell you why it is that I am giving her 
a full red light. And and yeah, it's disappointing. I um she has like every child matters right on her website first thing first and foremost. And um you know I I no land acknowledgement, but at least the ever every child matters thing. But the way she spoke about diversity, um, she's a former PC staffer. There's a lot of folks that are just white saviors, um, you know, and then I found out later at a BRZ forum, she said some pretty anti-Indigenous bias things. So I'm like, ah, so she's just point at first it wasn't going to be the worst, but I'm like, you know, because she had that I was okay with having an every child matters thing, but you know, she has governance knowledge um, and she's straight from the hip. So that's kind of her her redeeming qualities. And I think that it would hurt her feelings to know that I didn't think she was very Indigenous inclusive. Um, and that white fragility, of course, is not my problem. That's for her to deal with. But at the same time, it sounds like she needs to really work on some anti-racism uh, training and some Indigenous education so that she can speak better on the topics that she claims to care a lot about. Um, so Bernie is a black fellow who was formerly um, houseless and um, he's 20, he's pro bike, pro e-scooter, pro investment into theater. Um, he did have some downsides, uh, a lot of his pro police stance kind of contradicts his understanding of addiction, but uh, that said, that's not for me to really uh, judge against his addiction um, understanding. He will unpack that as he goes. My bigger picture is that for somebody who is houseless on the streets and who has experienced racism, he obviously would understand how um, the gaps work in the city. And I thought his, um, you know, pro bike, pro e-scooter, pro investment into theater, these are things I care about. And I'm like, you know, this is somebody worth voting for because if he messes up, it's no different than, you know, a, Dar a Darcy Logan who's white who does it. And Darcy Logan would get the free pass, but Bernie probably wouldn't because he's black. So I'm, I voted for him. Like there were some folks who had absolutely nothing diversity, a lot of pro budget um, stuff. You know, it was a, a video that I wasted my two minutes of time on. Those types of things are available. There was a fellow that probably should get an honorable mention here, and his name is Michael Petricus. This is like the next David Koresh or Charles Manson, 100%. He's this hippie that wants world peace, but the way he speaks about himself is so egotistical. Like, I just really encourage folks to check him out because it's funnier than hell. I actually, we, we as a family, we read through his website and laughed for like an hour straight. It was so good. Um, oh, Jen Prosser. So I not only voted for her, I actually contacted her to give me a ride and I got to meet two of her team. Uh, they were lovely folks and um, helped out in the NDP uh, campaign that just happened federally. Just lovely people. So I can't thank Jen enough. Um, I just have found all of her information to be everything that I want to hear from a uh, counselor. So uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. There's a, a East Indian who has uh, every voice matters, which kind of seems a bit of a um, uh, like appropriating every child matters. And then no real mention of solutions, but promises to reduce crime. And that's really problematic because a lot of new immigrants have anti-Indigenous bias, but they don't realize it. So I was very concerned about voting for him and definitely ran, ran out 
of possibilities by my eighth boat with this guy. So, and I'm not too concerned about it. Um, <laughs> David Wiggers. I know it's Davy Wiggers is his name. And um, yeah, nailed the uh, land acknowledgement. Uh, another thing I really liked about him, he was pro-science, pro-mask, and that's what we need in a global pandemic. Um, so those are my eight voices or eight votes for uh, city council. Next was uh, school trustees, and I'm sad to say only three folks earned my vote. Um, a lot of uh, whitewashing type statements, uh, nothing to really indicate that they were pro uh, in inclusion, diversity in any capacity. Ex Andrea Andrachuk. Like she started her two minute video with a land acknowledgement. I'm like, and then she said the right terminology. It was clear that she had done some education when it comes to truth and reconciliation. So obviously somebody that I, I wanted to have, uh, Henry Ross Jacobs uh, didn't have a land acknowledgement, but he definitely was pro-modern curriculum, you know, nailed the diversity and the TRC talking points that I wanna see in a person. Uh, Christina Larkin, uh, just obviously her website really hit me as, yep, this is the right person that I want for sure. A lot of other folks who I thought were just whitewashed, uh, some white progressive thinking people that are just, you know, white feminists really. So yeah, there were some folks I was really disappointed with. Uh, I think if you've been on the Galt Museum and you okayed the, you know, um, noose and the, the, so there's a Chinese slur in their Chinese like thing. So I'm not really down for that anyway. Um, yeah, and everybody's like, oh, you should vote for all of the women. But like if people don't have TRC talking points into their you know, idea of feminism, I don't think they are bringing solutions to the table. Uh, fiscal responsibility is usually a big red flag for me, especially when it comes to a school trustee. Uh, for Senate, uh, Karina Pillay, she's very right of center, but better than some of the other choices. And uh, Chad Saunders is the alter ego of uh, Jet Thunders, who earned my vote for mocking this incredible, uh, disgusting Senate vote at all. And then Duncan Kenny is someone Jason Kenny hates. So I thought, yeah, that's a perfect person. Um, he's very pro-union, uh, NDP leaning, but you know, he, sometimes I don't see him always on the diversity that I love, but uh, you know, he gets under Jason Kenny's skin. So that's good enough for me. Uh, voted no for the uh, time change question because it was really clear from some of the scientists that came out that if the question was for the, so there's like, I don't know, daylight saving times and then mountain time or however that works. Um, it, they had it reversed. So they were asking the question, do you want it at this time? Which the scientists said would be really bad for society, for our time clock, our inner time clock, and as a result would have prolonged health effects. Had it been labeled, do you support the other time change? I think the scientists would have been more inclined to say yes. And um, so then I would have been more inclined to say yes, but as it stood, the way the question was, it was no. The other one is about um, the transfers. So for those who don't, don't know, Canada does a stupid thing where we have these um, regular transfer payments that go from the taxpayer 
to the federal government and then the federal government gives it to the provinces to distribute to the municipalities and this is how taxes work and you know jason kenny and stephen harper did that formula when they were federal uh it got tweaked again while they were there and they all agreed to it and now of course because jason kenny hates justin trudeau he's making it an election issue to basically be like, yeah, we hate Justin Trudeau, so let's totally do um, a re-examining of the transfer payments. When we just had an incredible pandemic that Jason Kenney decided he was going to allow billions of dollars that we were eligible for as Albertans to go, because God forbid he helps his own people during a global pandemic. So um, yeah, this is really just a waste of time in this whole, um, election and a reflection of Jason Kenney's poor leadership and also the dumbing down of democracy with the assumption that people don't understand that um, how transfer payments work with the assumption that Alberta somehow isn't getting their fair share. It's so pathetic and just a disgusting play of partisan politics. So of course that got a no from me. In Lethbridge here, we have uh, two other questions that um, I wasn't really prepared for. Uh, one is, uh, the rich people want a third bridge. And uh, I know the progressives I was with were like, well, you know, it's for rich people. And I kind of laughed because I thought, well, infrastructure is infrastructure. And the more accessible you make communities, the less likely, um, you know, you, you are going to encourage people to take transit. That bridge will eventually become a transit bridge for that community who will be forced to have, you know, lower income people at one point in time. So it just, it, as a city expands, you need infrastructure. So I voted yes for the third bridge. And then um, the last question was, do you want a ward system in Lethbridge? And this is relevant because uh, like my husband, he did not have the time to go through every single candidate, whether you were um, a municipal candidate for the councillor or whether you were school trustee. And I took the time to go through it, obviously, because it, it was necessary for us to make a vote and he trusts my judgment. So, you know, I, I'm giving him my list. He's probably going to go vote the same. Uh, he may not. I don't want to assume. And I kind of gave him some of my pros and cons with the assumption that he might want to know. Um, so these were things that really mattered to me. I seem to think that I have missed a disability advocate that um, I wanted to throw my vote to that I didn't give an honorable mention to. Uh, able-bodied, able-bodied, talked about Bernie, talked about Jen, talked about David. So yeah, I thought there was one other person who had a disability that I thought, ah, oh, this is somebody I'd still throw my vote behind because of whatever. Ah, it doesn't matter. Those are who my votes went to. And you can understand why, um, what my reasoning was. And I, the reason why I showed everybody this was because if you are looking into who to vote for anywhere across Alberta or conversely once the other provinces have their uh, municipal elections you know these are things I'm looking for in your website so if you are a political candidate and you're wondering how to be more inclusive like there are certain things I'm looking for I'm looking for how Indigenous friendly you are I'm looking for land acknowledgments I'm looking for uh, do you have a, a lens of disability? Do you have a lens of uh, LGBTQ2 plus? Um, these are things I'm looking for. And if I don't see it on your website, if I only see things like, you know, pro-police, fiscal responsibility, 
then I know that you need anti-racism um, training. I know that you need Indigenous education, and I know you're not a very good treaty partner. Uh, these are things I know right off the bat. And if you're not inclusive to me, as a friend of mine who has a disability would say, then you're likely not inclusive to the other demographics that need you to be inclusive. So this is why I vote the way I do. And um, I don't really give a shit what your opinion is if you're against it. But, you know, I'm definitely willing to hear uh, feedback that is productive. And unfortunately, I just find that in today's day and age that we're not and that, you know, despite all of the resources I give out about all of these things that there are still people that are asking for the links and expecting um, extra work done by me or the Reconciliation Action Group. We had one fellow, uh, and I'm, I should mention this in, as we move on to the Calgary election now, um, he sent us multiple emails basically trying to control what we posted. So I made note of it every time because his, um, his last one was, well, I think you misunderstood. And it's like, nobody, I think you misunderstood. So um, just a quick, uh, if you have the capacity to ask your candidates these types of questions, you know, these are the types of questions we asked. Um, in Calgary, they made the TRC into its own report called the White Goose Flying Report. We wanted to know what, you know, if they had read it and if they would do more on it. It was disappointing the type of replies that we got about that. Um, we wanted to know what people had done personally on their uh, reconciliation uh, goals. Like, did they read something? Did they watch movies? Have they told other people? Who knows? Um, disappointing, let me tell you. The Bear Clan Patrol advocates for strong harm reduction strategies, such as safe injection sites. Uh, what would you do to uh, ensure the provision of harm reduction programs and services in Calgary? So these are questions we ask. So like Sage Patrol in, in Lethbridge, that's why I mentioned the one fellow who, um, you know, does help with Sage Patrol. Uh, how would you support a better relationship between Treaty 7 and Calgary municipal government? So again, if you had heard what I had said in a previous podcast or in real life, one of the worst moments of um, when I ran municipally was when we were at an outreach and everybody in there did not want to uh, deal with Indigenous people that they have lands with, uh, which was really disappointing. So anyway, I've never heard of regular meetings between the Treaty 7 chiefs and the city council. And um, I want to see that change. I want to see the same thing change with Lethbridge and anyone else. It should be like common sense, but it's not uh, because of the racism that as we as Canadian have just allowed to perpetuate to this point. Um, what would you do to engage with Indigenous communities to safeguard the residential school memorial at City Hall? Uh, those answers were surprising. And then lastly, are you willing to reallocate a portion of the Calgary Police Service budget to support Indigenous people in Calgary through programs such as Yusei, Awutan Healing Lodge, Bear Clan Patrol, etc.? So like all of these answers are available for folks who can want to take the time and go through them. Um, our school trustees, what we asked them was just slightly different because of the different mandate as school trustees. And a lot of people write this off and like this is the curriculum folks. You want your kids to have it, this is where you get it. So do you acknowledge that Indigenous have uh, genocide committed against them? Really important question, because if they're waffling on this, like that's really problematic. So I don't know what is happening here. I'm trying to go through it. Uh, how will you support 
uh, sufficient funds to close the educational achievement gap, especially in high school completion rates between indigenous who or students who identify as indigenous and other students per TRC called 10. So as somebody who uh, our child had to leave the system because of racism, you know, and ultimately if your school trustee is not acknowledging racism, we're in big trouble. Uh, what does decolonizing education mean to you? Uh, I, we thought these were important. Do you believe in that decolonized education would benefit all students? Because a lot of people think this is just for indigenous and it's not, this is gonna help all Canadians and including all of the folks that are um, immigrants. Uh, what will you do to ensure the recommendations of the uh, CBE CARES report, especially those regarding professional development, are implemented? <laughs> so the CARES report was an anti-racism report that was put out that they won't publicly really share with anybody. Uh, we know a little bit of it, but ultimately the CBE has to show leadership, and we all seen in the Langevin case that they didn't. Uh, what will work have you done to towards reconciliation on a personal level, would you be willing to rename, um, would you be willing to trigger the renaming process for Sir Aidan MacDonald uh, Junior High School? I mean, every freaking city and town has a Sir, a. Sir John A. MacDonald School. This has to get changed freaking nationally. So these are the types of questions we asked. Um, some of the answers were available. Some of our team did some great work about even, uh, you know, putting together um, graphics to talk about how many people responded and such. So I, I really hope that uh, folks pay attention to that. And I, I was really glad I was able to show you some of the things that I was looking for in the city municipal election, even though I don't have the time to do the same questions. I would love to give them to all of them, but unfortunately I just can't. So. Um, you know, these are things that really matter to me and I hope they matter to you and I hope you feel that you can do this work in order to make it more inclusive for Indigenous youth where you're at or Indigenous families in, in the city or town that you might be considering voting at. So, you know, these are the things that I was uh, looking for and if you have other things that you're looking for, I'd love to hear about them too. And, um, and oh, getting back to the whole, um, my daughter is 14 and she doesn't have, uh, you know, photo ID. I know some schools have it, but we're homeschooled. And the other thing is, is that somebody actually was kind enough to post on my Twitter, the link that shows that AHS does not force uh, 18 and under, well, under 18 to um, show ID other than their vaccine passport. So, you know, ultimately, definitely feel like it was a no Indians allowed type moment. And, um, the very minimal discriminatory against youth to have this business do it. So my big message to Calgary businesses is that, you know, if you were going to be IDing youth and you don't think that their parents' word is enough and their vaccine passport somehow doesn't work for you, my husband and I have the same last name for God's sakes. You know, we both had to show our ID. So if that's not good enough, you know, I, I just know you're being anti-Indigenous in our case, but, you know, you're really determining who you want in and out of your business. So I have to admit, it was pretty, pretty disappointing. And one of my favorite restaurants, but, you know, my family's from Yellowknife. So when they finally get a chance to come down to Calgary and eat at an establishment that they don't have up in Yellowknife, I didn't want to walk out the door, but I wanted to walk out the door because it was clear they didn't want us there.
So that's how it makes you feel, folks, just so you know. And if you're putting some, I don't know, 17-year-old server in this position as a business owner, you know, you're teaching racism, you're perpetuating racism. And if this young girl was thinking this, what has your education taught this young girl? Anyway, I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and cultural safety, first aid. Uh, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. I've been telling you in the first hundred episodes, almost all of heretohelp.bc.ca of what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. Author is Cheryl Ward. Chelsea Branch and Alicia Alicia Fridkin actually put that together. And if you don't have this like cultural first aid or cultural safety training folks, you're not making this world a safer place for indigenous people of color, those with disabilities and LGBTQ2+. Um, anyway, their work in those cultural action tools, I have said 100 times in my podcast, so please support their work as part of your reconciliation work and settler understanding. I'm just lucky enough to highlight it and repeat it here. Uh, internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence that Indigenous and marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism and oppression imposed on these lands. And you can go to racialequitytools.org, what is internalized racism by Donna Bevins to learn more. Um, if you see a Muslim woman being, um, you know, accosted on the sea train, what is that? That is bystander intervention help, uh, do's and don'ts by the American Friends Service Committee. You can go there and find out more on how to be a, a better person in these situations. And, you know, it's disappointing. I, I'm on Twitter all the time and I see a lot of folks who claim to listen to my show not point out when people are being racist, not pointing out when people are being anti Indigenous on even my Twitter, my social media. So, you know, pay attention if you legitimately care. These are things that should matter to you. So Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and in public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. They don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus. If they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, Indigenous education, uh, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, and folks with disabilities, know that your vote to that party or that person will directly negatively impact marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendation of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two Spirit. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting, where people are experiencing racism in the justice, educational, and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things, demand change from election platforms and politicians. They don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism. They have no business running. Uh, this should be understood by all politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, etc. cetera. Um, another, if you were to Google today, how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies. You would find oodles of articles. Um, so please learn how to be a better ally. If you're experiencing emotional distress after anything I talked about today, oh, actually, let's back up. Let's talk about um, Night Raiders. Uh, Night Raiders is uh, Indigenous uh, Hollywood film that was released this weekend. 
And of course, I wanted to um, add to the numbers because I know Hollywood only cares about the numbers of people that buy tickets. So I went and seen the movie by myself and um, it it's so incredible. It's the story of Canada only without being told it's Canada. It's, um, you know, a post-apocalyptic state where there was obviously a huge war and, um, you know, they have basically insiders and outsiders. And it's really a story about resiliency by the Creek community trying to create um, a place to keep their culture, their language, their knowledge away from this new uh, society that's, of course, it's interesting because I think for Canadians, like they don't understand, this is literally how we see them every single day because what Tutuin is constantly under a threat and attack by guns and um, RCMP and full tactical gear. Uh, a lot of like the Ferry Creek protests, like the, uh, so many of our people regularly are hurt by the police and it was even triggering for me as uh, somebody who's done like protests in front of Trans Canada and had like two lines of police keeping the people who were telling me, build that pipe, build that pipe, that it was okay to kill indigenous bodies so that they could profit. And I know they were paid by their organization to come down with their signs and we sure weren't. Anyway, it's really triggering. It's really triggering. If you've been to Indian residential school, it's pretty triggering. Um, I haven't even been, but I could hear, there was one scene, okay, spoiler alert, Okay, turning off. Okay, good. So, spoiler alert, like there was one scene where the young girl had to beat up another young girl in this in these training academies. And uh, boy, I tell you, I um I thought that was really I have one uncle who talked about how it was the other kids who used to pick on him and beat him up. And uh, I was like, this is that scene for him. Um, you know, it's just triggering in general. In like there's there's not a single part of it that I can't tell you, like how upsetting it is that I can't speak Dene, um, all of it. It's all in this movie. So if you're a settler, I really think you should watch this movie and then tell us what you think of it. Because honestly, this is what it feels like being in your world where we have a constant you know, pit in our stomach, where we're waiting to be attacked. We're waiting for our children to be apprehended. We're waiting for the state to ruin our lives because they can. Uh, we're going to have a vigil here for Sonny uh, uh, Crazy Bull here shortly uh, because he was killed in custody. And no Canadian seems to give a shit about it. It's no different to me than this movie. Like my real life example is, is in this movie. So please go watch Night Raiders. Tell me what you think because you need to know this is what the Canadian experience is like for Indigenous people. Oh, and another uh, new immigrants, I think it would be really traumatizing for them who have come from war-torn, uh, literally, whether you're Palestinian or you're First Nation in Canada, this is that story. And I don't think that, you know, so-called civilized Western world who are really the savages, they don't understand what they're perpetuating on Indigenous people. So anyway, Really happy to see that movie and to support our Indigenous filmmakers, but also um, they started off with the um, Indian Residential School Society line, which I don't give, but uh, the Hope for Wellness uh, helpline is the same where they give uh, support to Indian Residential School survivors. So that's at 855-242-3310. Um, they actually have a texting option at hopeforwellness.ca. 
I used it once and it didn't work. So I don't know, like, and I called them and the lady was kind of snot bag to me about it. So I don't know. I hope it's a good resource, but if not, there is more resources out there and I'll give you some more. Uh, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirit Hotline at 844-413-6649. It's toll free 24 seven. Um, for non-Indigenous people, there's usually a functioning 211 in your area. Uh, there are distress center lines as well. And there's also 833-456-4566. And then for the 60 Scoop folks, uh, there's some information at ssisa.ca and they use the hashtag survivor driven. Uh, if you experience racism, you can also report it to ACT and Racism and you can text at 587-507-3838. And uh, that's a coalition of Asian community coming together here in Alberta. So really grateful for their work. Um, the Trans Lifeline, is part of the Trevor project and they also have like a youth peer support line and a texting option so go to lifevoice.ca uh, crisis supports for lgbtq uh, obviously two-spirit i wish there was more for you as well but you may find that useful the kids help phone 1-800-668-6868 violence is my everyday reality every indigenous generation has faced it that's why I started this podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions. But on the flip side, we just don't have Indigenous voices that aren't controlled by other people, people who are gatekeepers, right? So um, it's really important to support Indigenous media in some capacity, even if it's not mine, just somebody else's. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom, what strength looks like through their example, uh, my numerous aunts, uncles, and cousins that, uh, you know, guide me every day. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian, although to other Calgarians who say that they're native Calgarians know that we're Kind of making fun of you as indigenous people because that sounds racist to call yourself a native calgarian because calgarian is a colonial name um also thank you to my husband darcy for producing and editing this show on top of being my husband my childhood friend father of our child he has supported me down my journey of the red road he's witnessed decades of racism and sexism into our child who we are learned oh blah, sorry to our child we are blessed to learn from every day we are honored you chose us, even though you're taller than us, and remind us every day. Uh, you give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person, and I just hope my family will be proud in the future of us trying to uh, talk about these present-day issues. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for already showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you to those who cannot afford to give. I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe and you can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts. And if you're on social media, go to my social medias. It's usually a pinned post. And I want to end by giving a side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening and I hope you come back another time and give me some comments. Take care everybody.